Hello and welcome to episode 30 of The One One, your West Australian racing podcast. I am BJ Ryan, teaming up with the one and only Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. Hello, Terry. Hello, BJ. How are you? Good, good. How's the week treating you thus far? Not too bad. Not too bad, BJ. I'm, uh, I've basically completed all form. I'm, I'm sitting out Carnarvon on Sunday. I've, you have to make a decision, I think, sometimes with these uh, the dirt tracks, the broom and Carnarvon, whether you're going to get involved for the season. I've decided I'm probably going to stay out of the dirt. I'm a bit... bit uh, Bit, bit form heavy at the moment. So uh, all done for the week. Looking forward to the footy tonight and um, the weekend's begun. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, the things can only get better for us Eagles supporters after a pretty mm. pretty ordinary restart to the season uh, against the Gold Coast last weekend. But um, well, I, I said to my mate yesterday, uh, they can only improve. So Yeah, I'm, should, not, uh, I'm not too perturbed. Yeah. I'm not, not too concerned. So we're not a really a wet weather side no, though uh, we, our no. man on the ground over there does tell me it's been drizzling all week so we're gonna have the the same conditions to deal with this week but um no i reckon uh, i reckon we'll bounce back i reckon we'll knock off brizzy on uh, on saturday i like it mm. i like your confidence mm. what do you th- just quickly what do you mm. think of the crowd noise uh i'm fine with it yeah i, got I don't no issue. Yeah, yeah. I'm, i don't think uh yeah i don't know i think the world's full of haters at the moment there's a lot of uh let's 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 try and be offended by everything possible or get upset at everything possible. And it's just all a bit much. So no, it sounds uh, it sounds good to me. It sounds no, somewhat I, realistic. I, I just had it running in the background while I was doing a few things. I just thought it was a normal only, game of footy. It tricked me, yeah. The only trick, yeah. the only thing. You're like, hang on, there's only the security <laughs> guards are making a lot of noise, aren't they? Um, the only thing is they need to, because um, they cheer or boo, um, from what I noticed, mm-hmm. I could be wrong here, um, they don't favour the home team. So I think they need to work on uh, it being more realistic in that uh, in that sense. Not that's going to help the. the well, they call much. it the noise of affirmation or something. The like noise that. of affirmation. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Yeah, exactly cool. Right. Uh, well, the footy's back, so everyone, uh, all us Thank AFL God. fans, Thank are God. very, very excited. So, mm. first of all, kick things off with a big thanks to last week's guest, bookmaker slash punter extraordinaire pete mccormick and pretty well too he did he yeah. he, he, didn't he wasn't get... scared off by the inside pad <laughs> he certainly was not um yeah he was uh it, it didn't deter his confidence one one iota but he didn't get the steak sandwich he was looking for no. but he still did the right thing by the listeners again with his best betting proposition indian pacific saluting the judge I don't know if he had to do a burnout on my front lawn as he left after not getting his steak sandwich, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, look, I uh, I apologise to Peter for that. We um thanks thank him for coming on, and I'll uh, I'll make sure that he gets a double decker steak sanger next time he's on. I don't think he's been returning calls or texts nah, all week, so yeah, he just told me to go get stuffed a few times, basically. Thanks again, Pete. We appreciate your support here at the One One. And Terry, you can also now confirm a date for our first four way podcast coming up. What, yes. can, what can the listeners look forward to? Uh, we'll have uh, – well, we can, more than likely we need to uh, just uh, get closer to the date and make sure it all lines up. But Dane has said that the 2nd uh, of July for the meeting of the 4th, mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll have Dane and Mitch on. And it might be a Friday podcast uh, in regards to when it is released because we might have to record a little bit later. But, um, yeah, no, looking forward to uh, increasing the lists of guests we get on. And, um, and Mitch and Dane will be two very interesting people to speak to about their uh 
their uh, their roles in the great game of ours, BJ. Looking forward to it. Yeah, Mitchell Pateman and manager Dane Hollingworth in a couple of weeks. So pencil that one in, punters. So also now that the COVID situation is heading in a, a rather positive direction, especially here in Western Australia, Terry and I are looking at upping the ante when it comes to everything to do with the 1-1. One, one. I thought you were going to announce that we are going to open borders or something. I thought, <laughs> I thought you'd been given the green light to give us a real uh, a real exclusive yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, the premiers has uh, rung in. Ma- rung Mark in. McGowan's about to be on the podcast next week. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he doesn't mind. Uh, he likes something on Bright Diamond in the, in the fifth this week. So He's taking the multi, yeah. Um, so when it comes to the 1-1, one, one, Terry and I are looking at more guests, more content, merchandise, upcoming events and there's even potentially a 1-1 website on the cards as well so certainly exciting times ahead for the for your west australian racing podcast yeah exactly right it's time to uh, probably get a bit more serious now i've also heard the probably a request uh for a slightly shorter preview unfortunately when the two of us or whoever many are here on that particular day get together we do like to uh we just chat away like the microphones aren't even here and um yeah, we could speak about Perth and WA Racing for hours. So we are going to release this week just a preview only file, um, which we'll try and get down under the hour mark. And going forward, we might even look to separate previews and maybe even release um, sort of the the preamble and the horses to follow and whatnot on a Monday or something. But that that's something we'll look at in future weeks. But for this week, um, there will be a preview only file released by our um, amazing. Producer Jen, who does a great job behind the scenes. So thank you again to, to Jen. Yeah, thanks, Jen. Yeah, looking forward to that and looking forward we'll to- We'll do a catch up late July as well. There yes. you go. I haven't actually got that written down to discuss, but late July, I'll, uh, I'll do a bit of uh, bit of thinking. We might head to the Fenway, get a nice group of 30 or 40 together to try and back a few winners. And um, yeah, big one-one catch up during a race meet, I reckon yeah. as well. Maybe we plan to do it just before um, they open the track up because I reckon the track will be open up August or so, probably for a larger crowd. Again, Mark McGowan was on the blower earlier, so we've been getting <laughs> a bit of inside him, but um, he's pretty keen on Massimo in the last as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we'll look at that some stage in late July. Okay. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that'll be great. It'll be um, good to get all uh, all us WA racing enthusiasts in the one room and trying to find a winner or two. So stay tuned for an announcement moving forward in regards to a 1-1 catch-up. So just quickly touching on some racing news. Uh, Perfect Jewel, she made it back-to-back winter features, uh, feature race victories with her Hyperion stakes performance. And um, geez, what a gem of a ride it was from Paddy Carberry outside gate 13. Uh, everything just went to script for him from there. It was quite incredible, really. It was the ride of the day by uh, by some stretch. I can be a little bit critical. Well, I can be. I'm just as critical on myself, though, aren't I, BJ? That's the thing. I can be critical <laughs> on others, but I can be just as critical on myself, that's for sure. But um, no, that was the absolute ride of the day. And uh, Paddy is riding. Um, with great confidence and horses are really rolling for him at the moment. So um, it'll be interesting. Are they going forward? I didn't actually watch the post-race interview, Beach. Are they going forward to the Strickland with PJ? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yep. thought so. Yep. so it'd be interesting. Obviously, Pike will stick with Mississippi Delta, but I think I said this to you last week. Imagine Mississippi Delta comes out for whatever reason. Do they give the perfect jewel ride back to Pike or does uh, does Paddy stay in the saddle? Because mm. looking at what they did with Delicacy when Peter Hall had all the success with the horse, they actually gave it back to Pike when he was available or when it became the obvious number one ride. So um, it won't happen because Mississippi Delta will be there, but um, it'll be a very interesting watch because you have to make a strong case for the fact that 
Paddy's probably got to be the preferred jockey no matter who's available for the horse now. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got her to produce her two mm-hmm. best performances. Thousand to one in, multi. In, in two years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you, but yeah, uh, um, Pike obviously is the is the Cerise and White number one man and I imagine that they'll look after him wherever they can. But Paddy certainly deserves to, to maintain the ride moving into the 2,000-metre Strickland Stakes, which will be next Saturday. So mm-hmm. looking forward to that contest. Now, in the Hyperion Stakes, the, the Velvet King – Real interesting cat, isn't he? Uh, he missed the kick again. Um, but yeah, interesting to see what your thoughts and whether that cost him victory or not. But um, yeah, fascinating horse. Looking forward to chatting to Mitchell Pateman about um, what, about how they're going to handle him moving forward, and just like what tricks they have up their sleeve to get this horse to actually begin. Terry, yeah, get him to jump. Oh, it just costs you. Yeah, it's it could definitely cost him probably both feature wins. I think the ability to get out the gates and you, you see it, it's happening more and more, um, more and more often as well. Even when Lee Newman used to ride him, he um he really struggled to get out the machines and um, they're having to ride him with a sit. I'm not sure whether they again that'll be a great uh, topic to to broach with Mitch. Whether mm. I think he'll be a, whether he is actually a better horse leading and bowling, or they did want to ride him with a sit, but they're obviously their hand is being forced. Well, it was forced on the weekend, taking up the the back of uh, Abdicator. But um, look, we can get him out the gates and rolling. Then there's I think there's a railway stakes or something like that that he'll be very hard to beat. And he was favourite. For this year's, yeah, he? equal favourite. Yeah, yeah he let him up and favorite. ran six, I think. Yeah. yeah, he did run six. Yeah. So yeah, look, he looks to have gone to another level, but I just it's hard to quantify a lot of the time how much fuel, how difficult it is to do it at both ends of a race. So he has to use the fuel early to hold a spot because I don't want to ride him cold, uh, and then he has to have the fuel late again to to fend off any challenges. And unfortunately, he found one two. Good for him both times in Perfect Jewel. Well, it's amazing. I was watching the the race and I was just like, where did Perfect Jewel come from? Mm. Because it was last early and then all of a sudden it was just right there. He borrowed the pogo stick, oh, didn't he? Oh, it was brilliant. But, um, yeah, hats off to, to Patty. And we mm. remiss, remiss of us not to give a shout-out to the uh, an absolute champion of the turf, Blackheart Bar. He ran his last race in the Hyperion Stakes last Saturday and I'm sure he's going to be well-loved and well-looked after in retirement and what a career it's been for uh, 100%, for Bart. along yeah. with Humidor and uh, Disposition as well. Very good, long careers, lovely horses to own. So, um, yeah, well-deserved retirement. Good. Now, one of your favourite hoops, Jane mm. McNaught, back in, uh, back in business in a big way with mm. the treble last Saturday and she also – outrode her claim yeah, too. Do it in um, do it in style. As she said, there was an interview with Julio afterwards. I think she said it well. Most people only get to ride 80 winners with their claim. She got 82 because she nicked a couple <laughs> more on the day. So uh, That's a good point. Uh, look, I think when, when Jade's up and firing and confident and, and riding with, with a lot of um, with a lot of feel, I think her, one of her strengths is. Uh, I don't think uh, I don't think a claim's essential for her to, no. to make it as a jockey. And I think she'll be someone in our riding ranks for the next 10 years at least. So, um, yeah, looking forward to And it's good to see Brett Pope has given her um, a couple of really good rides this week without her claim, including one in the guineas where she wouldn't have claimed anyway so um yeah it's good to see if trainers giving having some faith uh in the non-claiming um well apprentices when they lose their claim straight away so good on them good yeah and um so her uh jade and clint johnston porter um he also got a confidence boosting win he um both those hoops and a couple others really have had a bit of a lean run in town of late but cj P guided the Adam Durant trained two-year-old born to rule to to win race one of the day. So the, a couple of the other highlights was um, 
the much-hyped windstorm. He just sort of did what he had to, uh, getting the job done as a $1.30 favourite. I heard Bob Peters on Tab Radio this week. He thought he thought that the wind was fine. Um, he's got high hopes for him, obviously, moving forward. And um, I guess they're just going to look to work through the grades with him, this preparation, as he continues to learn and hone his craft, Terry. Yeah, look, I've got no doubt that Windstorm's going to be a, a superstar, but that win was um, – that was a poor – it wasn't a good win. That's It's that simple. He um, got every conceivable in the run. It just – everything went to plan from the gate. Um, bow count, actually, BJ. Here's one for you. So, Windstorm ran the third quickest last two of the race. Bow count ran the quickest last 200 metres of that race. And Nelson's flight – so after wind, leading windstorm oh well nelson's flight ran the fourth mm. windstorm got home in 11 um 11 70 for the last 200 nelson's flight got home at 11 74 after leading and appearing gone mm. um in that race so look we're gonna need to improve on that people are talking i saw a few people on uh, social on the social m talking about uh, golden eagles and whatnot although well probably going to be needing to um to be going a little bit quicker than bow count in the last 200s over your 1400 meters to be talking golden Eagles, BJ, but uh, I do think um, that there is a lot of scope there. We always we all think there's a lot of scope there. But um, what about double bubble in that race? Just just from a personal point of view, and this is a little whinge I need to get out, BJ. I've had a fairly <laughs> reasonable size go at double bubble for the place when we got a little bit above two bucks, which is always the plan. Never thought I'd get there. And uh, the Cornella with Windstorm, 150 to go. I just about flicked the race off and was going to jump on the spreadsheet and chuck it in as a W. You mm. know, it was all over, and it's just stopped dead. Nelson's flight, they've all kicked back, and that sums up. Uh, yeah, that's, that sums up how we're going at the moment. So I so, um, do not went, understand what occurred was, there, was, to be honest with you. That was just incredible viewing. It even led to you thinking that the horse had actually broken down. I did, yeah. yeah. I messaged you afterwards saying, I think yeah. Double Bubble might have broken down there. Like, yeah. there's no other – it's never been a horse that's folded, It's always, especially in the, uh, the sloppy going. It's always been a horse that's given a nice strong kick and um, always been pretty strong on the line. So, yeah, no, the racing gods uh, weren't looking after me then. Hopefully um, all is okay with the horse. I think it might have just told the yard he's uh, – she's had enough this prep though. Maybe, yeah. And um, we – last little bit of uh, tidbit of information was it was a terrific finish to a cracking three-year-old contest with mm. um, Indian Pacific and Levitate really getting, uh, getting involved in a two-horse war down the length of the Belmont Strait with Indian Pacific getting his nose down in front right on the line. Big form race going forward, that one. I think yeah. it was, uh, yeah, cracking uh, cracking viewing. P Pistol Pete McCormick got his uh, best of the day up and, uh, yeah, levitate backers were uh, a little bit stiff, I think you'll find, in front before and after the post. One of the uh, one of those ones, but um, hey, racing you, is a game. there's been a, like a lot of nose finishes lately or am I – I just feel like there's been. I feel uh, like I've. I feel like I've been on the wrong side of the majority yeah, of them, so, but I always yeah. feel that way. That's the problem is you can get five and then miss one, and you feel like you're hard done by. That's yeah. the problem. We don't. We don't weigh up the ones that we also get into the uh, into the equation. So I just feel um, like the racing's been very competitive lately. Nah, it has. So. That's what we like to see. We, yeah. we like a nice close race, unless we've backed one heavily, then we want it to win by four. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So speaking of competitive racing, we've got a bit to look forward to over the next three or four days with Northam, uh, eight races from Northam this afternoon, Belmont Guineas Day, which we're about to preview. And of course, the weekend finishes up with a Carnarvon meeting on Sunday, the dirt track of Carnarvon. So a bit to look forward to this weekend. And we're recording at 11.32 on Thursday, June 18. Time to thank our fantastic sponsors, the Mundaring Hotel Market City Meets. The Mundaring Hotel has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. 
They're just about getting back to full strength up at the Mundaring. Um, hopefully a bit of fine weather this weekend will mean that they can open up their outside area and they can get a maximum of 300 people in the venue. So drop in and see Ian Butchie O'Connor for a feed and a frothy up there at the Mundaring. Let them know that you're a 1-1 listener also. And Market City Meats is the largest retail butcher shop in Perth located at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show. Drop in and say good day. Let him know that you um, that you tune in to the one one. They'll take very good care of you out there at Market City Meats, who sponsor our extremely popular Twitter-based competition, the Get Out Stakes. Big congrats to last week's winner, Luke Knight. There was a busy finish last week. Um, few people went very close, but Luke Knight was nearest the pin. He took home the jackpot beef package thanks to Mankind and Jade McNaught. We'll run through the finer details of the Get Out Stakes competition before we preview race nine at Belmont this week, Terry. Very good. There was some uh, strong backing around for um, for Mankind yesterday, and we're probably just about to discuss the pattern, but we'll get there in a second. But um, it was disappointing to be um, – it was disappointing to think it was going to be a cold rail last week, BJ. Something we need to broach very quickly is where the rail was. There was obviously a bit of talk on Twitter uh, about the actual positioning, and there was whispers around from a fairly – I'm not going to name that. It's a fairly reputable – sort of sources that perhaps the the eight meter pad wasn't actually at the eight meter pad and all i can say and i obviously do not know apart from what i hear all i can say is that if you and you've done the same thing as mm-hmm. me if you stop footage from the week before and in, in the same spots and and there's sort of uh, discernible marks on the track or obvious parts of the races you can see that it's in a different spot if does the camera move i don't think it does if the camera moves that'll explain that if the camera doesn't move the rail wasn't in the same spot as the previous week it, it, it's that simple I I was I was near boycotting I was near boycotting uh, having a bet for a while and and I was I was in a very disappointed mood when I'd heard about that because I reckon I would have tipped the majority of the card last week I, I basically put a line through mankind she's enchanted Indian Pacific not put a line through but found it difficult to come at them with the because they all looked standout selections Captain Kink even with the cold rail I'd marked that three fifty. I basically put lines through the entirety of those or just wasn't willing to bet into them early thinking mm-hmm. if this is another cold rail, that's all potentially dead money. So if, if the rail's not – and we can't bet into a product where we can have confidence to what we're betting into. Um, it's it's very difficult to, to outlay reasonable sums of money early and, and take advantage of those type of things. So Well, even if the rail was in the right position, which I suspect it wasn't, from what I saw, the barriers certainly weren't in the – the right spots. Um, I screenshotted two 1,200-metre starts from yep. the week before and the, the the background signage was was different. That was telling, and, yeah. And it was – which yeah, it was telling. Yeah. So I don't think the camera – a slight camera movement from a relatively fixed position in the grandstand can distort the, the angle that much that there's a completely different yep. background to a 1,200-metre start at Belmont. But regardless, um, the whether it was 8 metres, 9 metres, 10 metres, whatever it was, I, I, from what I saw, the barriers certainly weren't in the same positions as they were the week before. Yeah, no, I don't think they were. Mate, it uh, makes it very difficult when um, we're doing a lot of our early assessments based on a lot of data um, that we sort of collate. And as I said, that was only on a one-week backup where the rail played cold the week before. So it was hard to justify a reason, especially with the rain around, unless that inside pad had become more compact. Um, But Mm. for me, 
just in common sense, if it played poorly a week earlier and there'd been the rain, it was only going to play worse the, the next week. But does, but, the, does the traffic over it compact it and sort of naturally fix it? Yeah, that can definitely play a major part as well. There's there's a million different ways. I was actually reading an article on um, on Betfair the other day. I might try and find it back on their um, on their Twitter feed and give it a retweet because I think it was a really, really interesting article and it looked at wind bias. Um, but, but wind bias not just in a headwind sense but how it can dry out certain parts mm. of the track and um, irrigation and there's a million different factors, BJ. And I think sometimes – and you asked me before we started the podcast today, do you think I'm trying to maybe overanalyze – um, patterns or how it's going to play pre-meet. And I think a simple answer is yes mm. at the moment. So um, I think on that uh, note, let's move on to the preview. Okay, we're about to bounce straight into our <laughs> Belmont Guineas Day preview at Belmont this Saturday, June 20. Uh, the rail goes back to the true position. Mm. We've had a bit of uh, a bit of rain around yesterday and today, uh, which is Thursday midday. So Terry... Uh, it's a soft seven at the moment. I imagine it's going to dry out between now and Saturday. Meter? That's what it says on Chris. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I imagine it's going to dry yeah. out a touch. So we're looking probably around about a soft five, I would say. What are, you, what are your thoughts on the Belmont surface for yes, Saturday? Yes, soft five. I think it's a pretty fair assessment. I don't think there's going to be a great deal more rain. It's about midday now. I don't think there's a huge amount more forecast uh, for today. A little bit more today, but Friday and Saturday is going to be pretty dry. So... It should be nice conditions. We haven't raced on the true pad for quite a while. Um, when we did race at the true pad, I mean, all I can do now is I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna try and predict what it's gonna do. I'm just gonna tell you what it's done in the past. Okay, okay. I, I keep a lot of data. Um, the first two meets of the season were at the true pad and it played super fair. It couldn't have played any better. There were leaders winning on the rail. There were winners coming from, remember Silver Scouts win down the center of the track, really yep. sprinted hard. Really nice fair track. Last season, um, whenever we went back to the true pad, because we often have a couple of – we always have a couple of months off as the rail, you know, goes true, three, six. We pop out, midweek is always out there. Um, when we went back to the true pad, the majority, not all the time, but the majority of the time, it played really fair. Mm. Um, so, look, I think we're just going to go into this thinking that the rail shouldn't be off. There shouldn't be any issues in that sense. Um, but going back to your true pad, there's always a big chance um, – not a big chance, but there's always a chance it could play on pace – um, that seems to last season that occurred about 20 or 30% of the time. But look, it, it, I think if we just allow for a nice fair track, there's a lot of good horses running today yeah. that are drawn pretty well. So I don't L think lots, um, of, lots of quality. Yeah, yeah, there is. And there's one or two races with a stack of speed um, and some questionable speed where mm. horses should get their chance if they're good enough from the back. So um, I think we should get stuck in. One thing I did want to say before we started, I think if you're ever going to tip a card, and I've mentioned this to you already, BJ, I think if you're ever going to tip a card and We've all uh, we've all been close. Well, we've, we've been close at certain points in time. This is the the race meet. I think there's three or four sort of giveaways at the shorts. Um, there is a couple which I'm I'm pretty confident will get the job done, and I think there's a bit of juice in the prices at the mid twos. To be mm -hmm. honest, races six and seven. Um, if you can find the winner of those two, I reckon a card might be on offer mm. today. Let's see if we can find the elusive card, BJ. I like it, yeah. The um, that could be something we put on Twitter actually. Mm. Try and tip the card. Yeah. Um, Just a one one merchandise. Yeah. Pack, one one pod <laughs> merchandise pack. You'd, you'd probably want more if you tipped a card. Oh, you? okay. you'd, you'd be dirty if you got a hat and a t-shirt for Jan nine in a row. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that does look to be some pretty fine horse flesh in action. Belmont Guineas Day, and yeah, it looks like a fine day as well. Maximum twenty degrees yeah. should be should be perfect um, by the time this card rolls around. So let's get started on race one terry the tab touch 
West Speed Platinum Maiden over 1,400 metres. Remembering it's, a, it's another early start, 11.53 a.m. bounce down. Terry, what are we doing with this, uh, with this Maiden on a Saturday? Well, we're going to probably get our first... Well, one of our first proper looks. We had a little, a couple of looks last week. Our first proper look at how bad that inside pad was a fortnight ago. BJ, we mentioned that Laverod was the only horse to run a place that settled there at the 800-metre mark. And um, I was pretty keen, along with, well, it looks like the entirety of Australia, Mr. Delegator. Um, we tipped him at, well, I tipped him at about $2.30. He traded $1.63, so looked like a bit of a goose when he gets, um, when he misses a hole. Mm. But... The amount of money that came for him and the fact that he just had – he had to seem to, on face value, have every chance in the run, have the perfect uh, perfect running transit out in front. And obviously, he was gone halfway down the straight, didn't want to be there. But how much that are we putting down to the inside pad? Very hard to quantify. This will give us a great um, yeah. a great pointer in regards to how we – um, Good early litmus test, isn't it? It is a good early – it's very well said, actually. It is. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to see how Mr. Delegator goes. A race I'm probably going to stay out of. I'll, I'll have a look at the prices. But um, Western Rhythm on the surface just looks like your obvious selection. It's going to land just behind the speed. I have absolutely no issue with its um, ability to jump and land literally on the back of Mr. Delegator here. Um, I think the reason it settled so far back uh, was the barrier yep. on debut. Even if it's trial, it went back fourth of four, but I think it was restrained a little bit from, from Pikey there. They've got no issue with um, uh, I've got no issue with the fact that it'll be getting the run of the race. It'll be challenging Mr. Delegator and um, yeah, it'll be a, a battle of wits from there, I'd suggest. A stack of respect for Hula Hoops who was sixes mm. to $3.50 first up, but um, from, from the barrier. No, another nose margin. Yeah, and I was mm. on the yeah, end. Mm. Who had the sixes? Mm. Uh, another one that I've got a um, stack of respect for, but you just can't map. The win there for me. So um, look at two dollars twenty Western Rhythm, three thirty Mr. Delegator. I think those markets aren't too far from spot on, and I'll be um, I'll be staying out at this stage, BJ. But a very good race to watch, and we can um, get a feel for that rail. Yeah, uh, in my leg up, my pre pre markets preview that was released this morning, I tipped Western Western Rhythm on top for all the reasons that Terry outlined. Just looks. Looks a sweet setup. It is it. Is it when it let down uh, on mm-hmm. debut? Is it covered the ground sweetly? Um, the the closing speed was there. The clock backed it up. Just looks set up set up perfectly for Pike to kick off what could be a massive day. But they did say the same thing last yeah, Saturday. This, this looks different though. Yeah. This is last. I mean, was he dollar one in the Jockey Challenge last week? Is that right, or did I read that wrong? Oh, I don't actually yeah. have a look. I'm not sure. Yeah. So well, he's gonna ha- he's gonna have to be what. Dripping in red figures again, and oh, this week's jockey challenge under even money. Yeah, yeah. You, you put a dollar on, you get ninety cents back. I yeah. reckon. Just, yeah, just enjoy the ride. Yeah. So anyway, so this this is um, a good good ride for the wizard to kick off what could be a big day. But for me, I'm a bit like you, Terry. I didn't really like that price too much. Western Rhythm. I had met Western Rhythm and Mister Delegate a lot closer in my pricing, um, and therefore I'm tipping Western Rhythm. But I, I wouldn't. I suspect that they, we might, the market might overplay the the disappointing Mr. Delegator run last time. And if he bounces back to what we mm-hmm. think he's capable of, he can. He's going to be really hard to beat, I think. So that that I might swing around um, um, price dependent. On As it. I always say, BJ, we've got to bet the market, don't we? Yeah. So look, on the same note, if we, if they if they come for Mr. Delegator again and they're yeah. really forgiving it because of the inside pad, and we see some some two eighty later at Western Rhythm, that's the way I'll go. So I'm going to bet the market, but I'm also happy not to bet if uh, if the market doesn't give me the price, BJ. Okay, good, good stuff. Race number two, 
The first of three shorties in a row here, BJ. This just simply looks better than him. And uh, I can only suggest, sorry, this is the 1,300-metre uh, Amelia Park plate for the two-year-olds. Um, yeah, Rain of Fire was just a different level to these. There's nothing stepping into this race where um, you go, okay, that can that – can Challenging on what we've seen thus far. So, look, Rain of Fire, my notes say anything approaching even money, I'd be happy getting involved in. Look, that, I, I think it's a, it's probably a genuine dollar thirty pop, mm. to be honest. Um, the only concern really is two-year-olds. Um, they, they can train off a little bit quicker than expected. But, look, I, I won't be getting involved at the dollar fifty-five. Um, not, in saying that, you can probably make a case <laughs> to put a few of these together. Um uh, multi, multi up, multi up, yeah, multi, multi up. up. Well, we just uh, we just got the mail through that the multi up on Rain of Fire uh, and the next couple is a is a good thing, but um, yeah, should just be winning. BJ, yeah, yeah, agree. Was very obviously very bullish on Rain of Fire on debut, and he just absolutely belted him, belted his rivals, and just looked like every bit a. Um, so uh, Madam Toria made that trial form look good oh, too. I'm just having yeah. a look at that now, isn't Enormous, it? Enormous. One yeah. by five as well. So he's one. So yeah, he, he's come out one by like, five. Then Madam Toria's come out in one by five, six, seven. One yeah. by half the straight. So. It wasn't like, you know how big margins in two-year races are usually leaders? Yeah. This horse was like with them. At it the was unlucky. It, yeah. It, it was, was unlucky to only win by 4.8 basically, wasn't it? it so. The way that it just came. And from what, from, all, from what I heard, a few whispers on the street, the stable mm. actually has a higher opinion of Billy ain't silly, who was scratched from Belmont last Saturday. Oh, but that sounds silly to me. It does. It Can't seems, be better than this one, can it? Surely. Be, there's always a better one at home, Terry. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it seems to be outlandish. But if that's the case, then uh, Cole Webster has himself two very serious uh, juveniles in Rain of Fire. And Billy ain't silly. But, yeah, I'm with you. Rain of Fire should just be taking care of business again. Uh, I'll... What price were you, Terry? I didn't actually mark it. Yeah. I just—it was just a race I didn't need to mark. If if yeah. Brad lobbed up something silly this morning, I would have got involved. If he chucked yeah. up a dollar seventy-five or something, I probably would have happily played. I don't really like to play in the red, but um, dollar fifty-five at the moment—that's overs, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think I think that's overs. Okay, yeah. so um, if if you wanted to 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 play around Rain of Fire for a place. I think Kalaroo is a standout second selection mm -hmm. for mine. Stiff last start. Very stiff last start. Uh, uh, Chrissy Parnham jumps on board. Interesting, he's not CP. riding um, La Farola. Jaranowski's riding that for Michael Lane. But Chris Parnham jumps on Kalaroo. I reckon it'll get back and be running on with strength. $2 even, above even money a place, Kalaroo could be, could be a good go if you're looking to – if you're looking to invest in the race without playing the faves. Yeah, that. I did a few place markets actually for some of the other races. Not this one, but um, that's something we'll discuss as we move on. But, yeah, this should be absolutely clearing out and winning and um, looking forward to seeing Billy Ain't Silly in coming weeks as well. Mm. Then again, I'm actually not really looking forward to seeing Billy Ain't Silly. Then again, we might get a price on debut because these races where you've got these $1.20, $1.30 pops and we've got three or four of them today, they just sort of rule the races out as good betting propositions for yep. me, and it's not really my style, so I'm betting into a five or six race card. Yeah, I don't know. Not my not my thing. In saying that, if I'm marking this $1.30 and we're marking uh, showmanship, which we'll discuss in two seconds, if we're marking that $1.20 and we're getting $1.45, you love those two together. and Bada-bing, bada-boom. Bada-bing, bada-boom. <laughs> we're getting a backable price to be uh, extremely disheartened <laughs> when we're the person that stops showmanship. But anyway... <laughs> Race three, Perth Racing at home, handicap, very mm. fitting sort of name for the last couple of months, isn't it? Yeah. There's been a lot of Perth Racing at Actually, home. Actually, Perth Racing have been doing a good job bringing, the, um, bringing that exclusive content 
to home. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scotty Embry and Brittany Taylor. And Brit- yeah, and, they've done very well. Uh, they've, they've actually, yeah, I've been impressed with with some of the with a lot of the stuff that Perth Racing's racing related content that Perth Racing's been been putting together in the uh, COVID isolation period. So hats off to our uh, principal racing club there. Yeah. Kudos. Kudos. Yeah. Credit where credit is due. Now, if only they could get the rail in the right spot. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. Um, showmanship, showmanship, showmanship. So, um, this what price for me? Dollar mm. uh, thirty. I was. Oh, I've got it shorter. Mm. Yeah, managed managed to get a dollar twenty. So the um, yeah, not not. Uh, not in the overly exciting betting proposition. How do we get him beaten? Actually, that's not even – we can't get him beaten. No, no we can't. I, I've got him from six. It'll be interesting because he obviously sat outside the leader last start. It'll be interesting to see if Pike tries to follow across because um, the two speed horses are drawn directly underneath him. They are? Outside of him. Sorry. Mr. Gennaro Maginica? Uh, Maginica and Military Ruler. Okay. Um, yep. Potential. I think Military Ruler. It's The funny thing with Military Ruler is – it's obviously a very a horse with massive soundness issues. I wonder whether they'll scratch because why, if you can only get one or two runs out of it in a year, is it really worth putting it up against showmanship at $1.20? In yeah. saying that, he might have it ready to go this week and they don't want to risk it and wait another week. So difficult one and it's unfortunate they've run into showmanship here. But um, look, I yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Pike tries to zip across with him. Could mean he gets caught deep, but... Doesn't really matter, I don't think. Yeah, I suspect he's days, going to be, be honest. So he could pa- just go back to dead last as well. Pike, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. It could, it, well, if he's not, if he's not up there, he's probably, um, he's probably dead last. But I think he just jammed, jammed him in there because he wanted to, he wanted to resort man. Yeah, he yeah. wanted to focus on yeah. resort man as yeah. the only. There was a lot of discussion about yeah. that map, and he, he knew exactly that if resort man turned up and resort yeah. man was at his best, he yeah. probably wasn't going to. Um, on the numbers we saw, he wasn't going to. Um, he wasn't going to catch him, but yeah. resort man was on that. That's a uh, difficult inside pad, BJ. When the rail ice was cold, at eight metres, it was ice cold. <laughs> yes, it, it was. Uh, it was subarctic. That rail. So, now look, should just be winning. Dollar um, twenty for me. Uh, I did a little place book. Interesting. To, to, tell, tell, to about, tell uh, me more. Tell me more. Well, I've allowed for showmanship to take up ninety-five percent of the book, so a place book would go to three hundred percent market. Okay. Um, so I've allowed for a two hundred and five percent book. I've done it to one hundred and seventy, um, and I've basically got Mister Genoa two ten, Luke's Gold two seventy. A few people were saying they were disappointed. I thought it was a far better run than Fred Dag back to the twelve hundred. Not suited. It's one that could be peaking a little bit this campaign, um, but it also it also might not be. It's drawn to probably land three pairs back the fence, even even one closer potentially. Mm-hmm. Dark Prospect three twenty. Maginique is going well four fifty. Fred Dag bit disappointed. I've probably got a bit it a bit long mm-hmm. in my place market at four fifty, and then one short military rule are both not impossible, but nothing really stands out from a um, a place point of view at this stage but i'm going to monitor the exchange late see if we can find something there potentially but um now let's just watch a good horse go around bj and, yeah um, give him windburn yeah yeah it's gonna be winks like odds showmanship peter's investments they're just they they just love just working through the grades and just picking off the low-hanging fruit and building confidence um with their progressive young horses this horse looks yeah he looks the real deal doesn't he mm-hmm. um obviously I speak about my affinity for Fred Dagg. I was really disappointed with him the other day. Uh, I was disappointed really- with the first up run, uh, the, the fresh run. I know it went forward and whatnot. That was a weak race. And yeah. I know even at the time I said, yeah, we'll forgive that. We'll do this and that. I didn't think it was that was that crash order run yeah. either. So. If he's going to improve, it'll be back to the 1400 uh, in a smallish 
field. The only other horse I'd like to mention before we move on to race four is One Short has been racing without, has just had no luck at all mm. in town recently. So if you're taking trifectas and first fours, just whack One Short in because he's finally drawn a gate, small field, and he uh, drops down to the 54 minimum. He hasn't seen a rail in God knows how long. Mm-hmm. So um, he could he could slot into third and fourth um, in the, against this lineup for sure. I think if Mr. Genoa gets out the gates, it's it's a clear second. Yeah. You know, that's that's a bit of a standout uh, for me. I think we forgot how good we all thought Mr. Genoa was going to be. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I think if Mr. Genoa jumps, lands in the right spot, that uh, sitting deep and running third to Massimo and Black Ducati is – Definitely going to look like the right form for a um, well a race after showmanship like this. So. Might be a pick your pick your line or pick your margin set up with showmanship. Yeah, yeah, if it's coming from last, he might be a little. He might just make yeah. sure he gets there. It can be a yeah. It's an, an interesting yeah. one in that sense. I think the. I don't I haven't been able to access any of that pick your own mm. line business for quite some time. <laughs> it's uh, it's the type of stuff you want to get involved in in the wet because yeah. margins can be quite inflated because of the conditions. Interesting, so, interesting. Um, but it's also harder to find the winner in the wet as well. So yeah, bit of a double edged sword, BJ. Okay, it's the feature of the day, race four, the Waroa Belmont Guineas listed sixteen hundred meter event, hundred thousand dollars for some of our better three year olds. Unfortunately, KC has scared off. Quite a bit of uh, her opposition, only um, taking on only six other uh, rivals. Um, you can see, you can see why she's just the the absolute outstanding superstar. Group one winning filly um, took care of business by winning the Raconteur Stakes first up, just overhauling Labor Rod in the last couple of bounds. She looks better suited at the mile, better suited second up, better suited at the weights. Gee whiz. I was trying. Gee whiz. Just try, I was trying to. I was trying to make some Get sort of beat. case to mm. for Labor Rod to to knock her off, but it just. I just can't see how. Can you? Can you, Derek? No, I'm exactly the same. I actually read your uh, your little blurb on um, uh, best bets about this race. I think you summarised it absolutely perfectly and my thoughts were exactly the same. So I went into this thinking, right, can we get Laverod up here after I thought that, um, again, I, I unashamedly thought Laverod's last run considering how cold that inside pad was was better than KC's and I'll, I will argue that till I am black and blue in the face and that's going to be a matter of opinion and People will disagree with me. They'll all be wrong, but um, people will disagree <laughs> with me. But um, look, weight swing, extra fitness, um, KC should only get better with small distance, field small again. field. Uh, you just you can't you can't tip against KC, unfortunately. So, but as I'm the same as you, would have loved to make a case for um, for labour odds, um, but I simply can't. KC should brain them, mm. BJ. The thing with the Raconteur Stakes last week. week uh, two, two weeks ago, rather, um, was Casey Steve, Stevie Parnham didn't have to deviate from what Casey does best. Whereas I feel as though Laver Rod had to, and Paddy Carby had to deviate from what Laver Rod does yep. best. And she was, she, even though the tempo of the race might not suggest it, I feel as though she was more suited than Casey. Than uh, Casey was more suited than Laver Rod was on the day. The thing is, is that it's almost an identical setup here, Terry. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like. Unless perhaps Caragini or Aura goes forward, um, all I can see is that Captain King's going to lead, and Laver Rod's going to be like left a like as target practice for KC. I do think that uh, Caragini Aurora might breeze here seven with Pike, and that gives. Um, that gives Carver, and then he has to time when he goes. Does he go pre-bend, try and get a little skip on KC? They, they mm. need a tactic to try and beat yeah. KC, not to just battle away into second. They yeah. obviously know they're probably going to run second, but. Um, 
yeah, I, I I struggle. Even no matter what they try and do here, I struggle to to get Laverod on top. It's, yeah. it's got to be KC. Okay. And the only other horse that I'd like to give a shout out to is a horse by the name of Cambest. She raced through a WA Derby preparation, uh, second in a thousand guineas, fourth in a Natasha, fourth in the Derby when she probably should have run second. To be fair, came out and beat the older horses um, in a twenty-two hundred meter graduation at her last start. That was back on April twenty-five. So she's having her first run in fifty-six days. The very best of Cambest could. Um, could make things yeah, interesting. She yeah, could, I couldn't make it interesting, but it could run third. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. She's um uh yeah, she's a she's a pretty pretty smart smart filly. Um is gonna go around at a, at a big price, but uh, I reckon she's the a standout third pick for me in this race, and she could be nipping at the heels of of Laverod and KC. So see how she goes. Mm. Fresh. Yeah, no, very interesting. I have got no real strong opinions after the top two, to be honest. I Two-year-old of the year, Tin Snip, looks like it might be a beaten <laughs> commodity. Should have been a beaten commodity on the night as well when Big Date was robbed of the award, but I uh, better not go into that. But no, it looks a, a clear race in two, which doesn't take a genius to figure out, BJ. It's interesting that, that we haven't had a Peters runner in either the Raconteur or, yeah. um, mm -hmm. or the Belmont Guineas. This is this is a very, a very unusual set of circumstances. It's a nice here. change of pace, isn't mm. it? Maybe just giving a few of the others a, a chance to um I think you almost ran take some of the I think you almost ran first, second and third in last year's Belmont Guineas Bob. So uh leaving something for the rest of us to uh some scratch. <laughs> some scratch. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Race five, the turf club handicap uh for the three year old, sixty two plus. Now this is Jay's you'd you'd just about say, BJ, would this be the race of the day? Yeah, really, really good contest. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. A, um, Jeez, we've got some Good, smart young horses going around at the moment. Like we do, we, we certainly know, do for yeah. off season or whatever. We've definitely mm. there's definitely got some real talent in our uh, three year old ranks for sure. Yeah, we certainly do, and this is um, this is definitely showcasing some of the major ones. A few different points, a uh, few mm. different form references rolling together here. And um, um, firstly, uh, a quick speed map, BJ. I think this is I like speed maps, which to me look obvious which you can really just map with a fair degree of confidence i think me a dog show with lactar our mate lucky lactar rail ramoli mm -hmm. going on top we'll go straight to the top a um, little bit circumspect I, I think i think jade might have got that a little bit wrong last start when she just sat outside of zebel the, the zebel the tactics pre-race were announced by luke they were going to look to take a sit so she should have they should have known that and really just said let's get the rail this is our rail the horse is best when out in front that there was a there seemed to be a real strong desire to want to breeze rather than find that any, I, any, I know the rail was cold in the day maybe maybe jade um in all fairness maybe jade knew that um i don't know if she did or not um in, in breezing she handed the race to boomtastic in a way she too, did yeah she did yeah. so uh mia dolce leads this we've then either got she's enchanted who can step a little sloppy um but i think from barrier seven they're going to be choiceless here so i think brett pope will instruct jade to go around and find the breeze yep. um but the other option would be mood swings who's got a little bit of early kick uh, to come around and go back to the tactics which saw him when he's maiden and then yep. run a very brave second to Miss Frost. Um, was ridden cold over the 1,200 last start and was brilliant behind Indian, good, yeah. Indian Pacific and Windstorm. But um, I do think that it will be She's Enchanted that probably finds the breeze. Pike should land on the back of She's Enchanted with Bright Diamond and Boomtastic 
should land on the back of Mia Dolce um, for Chloe as a party. Great pickup ride. That was my map too. So, yeah, as I said, I, I think it'll be most people's maps and it's a nice, simple-looking map. Look, we've got so many good horses here and we could like, – the, the run of Windstorm was huge. The run of Boomtastic last week was huge. Didn't beat anything and everything was in its favour with those two clearing out. Pike just parking on them, um, but it ran a really good number. Um, I can now say that seeing as I've signed up to a little data service just, uh, <laughs> just, just out of interest. Data. I'm not using it. Not using it. You're a data man. No, I'm definitely not a data man. No, definitely not a data man. Um, You've changed. No, You've changed. Go and get stuff. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it threw, threw up a very good number, which I found quite quite interesting because yeah. I don't think that was the strongest race to be a part of. Um, and obviously, Lavina, who, who came out of that same race and had to go up the potentially a little bit colder rail. Mm -hmm. But Bright Diamond is a serious racehorse. Yeah. Um, I don't care what the numbers say. I don't care what anything says. Uh, debut win when breezing. Never got cover on debut when two's into $1.50. So there's obviously a fair – Spruik. There's some words. Definitely yeah. some words around this is a pretty nice old top. Um, last start, came from last. You know, race that was probably set up to do so, but nothing else made grand throughout the entirety of the day. And Pike never really got all that serious. Um, gave it a wake – gave uh, gave her a little wake up late when she maybe switched off over the last 50 metres or so. But I think Pucker Pung will rewrite the stars. will make that form look pretty good in coming weeks yeah. as well. Look, it's just a rarity. No matter what else is in this race, just a rarity that we get a really up-and-coming Pike three-year-old from the good gate with a big spruik on it. With the perfect map, the back of She's Enchanted, even if it is the back of Mood Swings, it's a great map either way. Minimum weight. I mean, minimum weight. I mean, these we've just seen over the journey, these just win. Um, we were talking to Crip earlier, and, and Crip said he had it close to the $3 mark. I've, this one I've got at $1.80. Mm. So this one, I, this is where we vary a lot, and it's probably because I do get sucked into that vortex, but it's a profitable vortex for me, and it has been for a very long time. So, look, I've marked this $1.80, and I know that's thin, and that it's with the other horses in this race, I suspect it's always going to be significantly longer, um, but really happy getting involved. Um, took some of the, the 290 this morning. There's still 230, 240 type stuff around. Um, I think... This is just just a, it's a good bet. I'm really happy getting involved, even though it's a, a favourite and it's it's not overly exciting. There's no prizes for tipping a, a well drawn Cerise and white runner from the gate. It's um just wins for mine, BJ. So Terry, you you've outlined there's quite a bit of talent around Bright Diamond in this race. So at the moment we're looking at about even money to about two thirty, I think, on the markets at the moment. So. Do you think Bright Diamond will hold firm around there or can you see a way that money's going to come for horses like Lavina, She's Enchanted, Boomtastic, Mood Swings perhaps, and that might create some outward pressure on the Bright Diamond price? Bit early, bit late? What are, you, what are your thoughts? It's it's quite interesting, um, this conversation, especially about this race. So I'll go back to Bright Diamond's debut mm. um, and I thought that at the time that maiden um, was – well, it turns out it was super hot. You had She's Enchanted, who we didn't know was going to be as good as, as she's turned out. We had She's Enchanted, who trialled amazingly. We had Venetian Jewel. I know Venetian Jewel hasn't gone well since, um, but Venetian Jewel's trials before that were amazing. And, and this run run as a two-year-old was huge. Um, I can't remember the other runners behind the it. The Fernie horse. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. Um, the one that went from Fernie to Warwick. Uh, Big Man in the Sky. Man then the sky, there was Hindsight yeah. Bias, who trialled well. Um, there was a stack. Long mm. story short, it was just one of the hottest maidens, and I think it's going to be a big form reference going forward for a long time. Mm. Um, but it was two dollars twenty to a dollar fifty. Um, it was two dollars twenty to a dollar fifty in a race with that much depth on debut. Mm. So 
I suggest that there's a fairly big opinion about it. And something I think when we do our markets that we, I found that I often do is I feel I've got to fit all these horses in and respect them properly. But sometimes you've got one horse that's just better mm. than the other ones. And we're going to talk about this when we get to Western Pride a bit later as well. Because yep. you've got, that's a 16 horse field. And again, we'll discuss that when we get to it. But And something has to have a price, doesn't it? Yeah, really? something has to have a price. Mm. I mean, some of these are going to be over 20 to 1 on Betfair. Yeah. When it comes, I mean, there's a chance mood swings will be 20 to 1 on Betfair. There's yeah. a chance. She's enchanted for me. I can't map a win. I can't mm. see it breezing and holding it out. Yeah. Like, I can't see it holding out mood swings potentially if it breezes and does that. So, so if you're a dollar, dollar eighty five, have you got any other horse in single figures at all? The thing or? is, you've got to look at the current market. Me and yeah. Dolce's 18 to 1. Um, you're talking put a spell on you, 23. Mm -hmm. um, Native Chimes, 50. That's irrelevant. Holy Ghost, 26. I've got all of those sort of. Plus hundred dollars plus. Yeah, not even they're not even basically measuring in the book. Um my my book um after that was uh Boontastic. I actually had as a second favorite. Looking now with the ratings done, and the main reason I got this as well was timing when to bet. Boontastic, as I said, came up a really big number. Um, and usually money is drawn to those big numbers. So there is the chance that Boontastic um is supported. Um but in, in saying that, there this is a race that has has a lot of promise about it. Mm. So, look, I don't know whether we hop into the two there or not. I reckon we'll trade about that, long yeah. story short. So yeah. I could have just summarised that all a lot easier, shouldn't <laughs> I? But, uh, look, I've got Levina at, at 20 to 1, she's enchanted, at, uh, she's enchanted at 12 to 1. So prices that I'm sure some people would love to hop into. Mm. Um, that's why I don't lay. Mm. Mm. Cool. Well, yeah, I, uh, I've been – been a wrap on Bright Diamond for a while. I've been tracking her through her early trials. First up, second up. Looks, it just looks like a really stylish Cerise and White filly. Ticks all the boxes, as Terry has said. Stands out as the horse to beat. Um, there's a bit of 245 action, a bit of 270 just come up on one of the agencies. So, so there's a bit happening as we speak, <laughs> as we record, listeners. But um, – but yeah, for Terry's me, he's just throwing the microphone away. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, yeah, it should be bright diamond. I actually think the second pick is Mood Swings. I thought he's he led and was just collared late by Miss Frost. Second second start in a race went from a three odd maiden to a graduation handicap. That was a that was a really good effort. But what was an even better effort was his third placing behind Indian Pacific and Windstorm last start. We, we gushed over the, the run of Windstorm that day and I don't think Mood Swings was that inferior to his performance. Um, um, George Dupre's got himself a really, really nice three-year-old here, Mood Swings. He's my second pick. I think it's going to be Bright Diamond to beat Mood Swings and the rest can can fight amongst themselves for third. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you big time, Mood Swings. I've got it in Boomtastic, but the reason I probably went with – well, the reason I did go with Mood Swings over Boomtastic for second is um, Boomtastic on the back of Mia Dolce. If, if Mia Dolce starts stopping, it could be uh, could be a sticky little spot. In saying that, if the rail opens up and Chloe gets through and doesn't have to go around a horse um, – yeah, Boomtastic will be very hard to hold out for second. But um, very keen, Bright Diamond, BJ. And I think because of these other horses, we're going to see that 230 throughout, hopefully. Mm. And that makes it a, a, um, a backable price. A betting proposition, a perhaps? betting, yes. It does make it a betting. Whether it's the best betting proposition <laughs> is a, another question, but it is definitely a betting a proposition. Betting. Yes, okay. A definitely. betting proposition. All right, it's the 
first leg of the late quaddy, and we all know that the guru loves a quaddy, punters. I so I haven't got a quaddy yeah. since about two thousand and three. <laughs> it feels like it's been about. Feels like it's been a long time. Actually, uh, it's funny. I analyze my statistics on quaddies over the journey because it is. We do quaddies for a bit of fun, but mm. I also like to sort of leave out the ones under my prices, keep the ones in over them. That's the idea. That's how we get the value from it. There is. There's a method in the madness, BJ, but mm-hmm. um, actually have a profit on quaddies over the last um, six years of about 22%, which Whoa. I found quite incredible. So all the hard luck stories we've had over the journey. So a lot of that was help. There was a quaddie back in the day with uh, excellent Jerry in the last leg. In excellent Cowboy. Jerry. Yeah, about 80 to 1. And it already backed it as well. And uh, yeah, a few of the lads had got involved. So uh See, sometimes you need to relive the glory days Vin- to get vintage, you through a tough uh, time. Vintage guru. Oh, that was uh, that was one of the more enjoyable <laughs> ones. Uh, yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's uh, move on and see if we can jag a, another quadium. Most of us, a lot of a lot of people here. If you can get the winner of the first, which I think it'll be a, as we've said, a two horse race. A lot of people will be alive at race six. I reckon looking for the card still here, mm. and this is your biggest challenge to date. Yeah. Which yeah. uh, which which way are you looking, and how forgiving are you? It's really interesting. The top three, Sir Mambo, Son of a God, Pearls and Prawns. <laughs> you're going to need some forgiveness with all three of them, or you're going to need with Pearls and Prawns a bit of a, a bit of a long memory, a bit but, of faith, um, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, as as George Michael would say, you've got to have faith. <laughs> Jay. Which way are you looking? I'm sticking with Son of a God. Mm-hmm. I Pike off. Pike Pike off. Um, I don't I don't think it loses. Like this says, I don't think this ho- this horse and this setup loses a heap with the run that Chloe as a party should be able to get aboard Son of a God and inform Chloe as a party riding for her boss Simon A. Miller. Um, he just you picked it actually, I think, the other day when we were talking about that Son of a God, um, where the the thousand meters, um, just just kind of just it it just it, the setup just seemed to be off, um, even though it was a dollar ninety, and he was sort of three deep, sort of bustling, struggling to hold. It, never really looked comfortable, son of a god, with Pike on first up. And I still thought uh, it was a poor run. What mm. did you think? I still thought it was a pretty thin run. I don't know if it was the greatest horse race um, in the world. So I still, I mean, if you read the stewards' report, they they mentioned um, they mentioned that he was playing up behind the gates, mm. did a bit wrong, but he does he's done that a few times. He's been a little bit unruly, bit of a hothead. He's a, a bit of a hot. Head, son mm. of a god. Well, like God, Gary Ablett Senior was a mm. bit of a hothead, wasn't he? Um, <laughs> off, off the field, <laughs> Gary Ablett Junior is not so much of a hothead. He's a bald head, but not a hothead. Um, uh, yeah, so the, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting how much forgiveness. Mm. I, I'm, I'm going to go again, son of a god. I reckon he's he's got he's got a lot of class about him. I sometimes fall in the track of, of trap of overweighting one run rather than looking at the collective yeah. and the the, uh, the whole CV. So I think from four, uh, 1,200 metres more suitable, Simon A. Miller would have screwed him down, done a few things differently leading up into this race to to iron out if there was some issues perhaps last start. I just think this is a better setup for him. Gets a kilo and a half for Chloe. Gun run in transit, 1-1 one, one, uh, more than likely. Breeze 1-1. Um, I reckon the instructions will be delayed. I don't know if he can – on his day, once or twice, he's gone and pinged the lids. Yeah. And then um, the majority – well, the other few times, he's uh, been a little bit sloppy mm. out of the machines. That's true, yeah. So. I was thinking choice command. And the other forgiveness that you speak about is with Sir Mambo. I think with Christy Banner claiming three that they'll attack from the draw. Yeah, it was quite funny. So Sir Mambo, you would have thought on the surface it was the right ride, three-wide cover, blah, blah, blah. The horse, if you watch the horse closely, it was never super happy being yeah. restrained. I think it's a happier horse – 
being allowed, and I think from the gate, it's going to be three deep, no cover. I think we, you've got to, if you're going to back Sir Mambo, you can't be upset if, if that's what ends up occurring. You're probably going to acknowledge it. I don't, as you said, I don't think it minds it. Well, last campaign at one, doing uh, with that exact tactics with mm. Jay McNaught on it, and it ran second or third to showmanship. Second, yeah. Second to showmanship. Rewrite the Stars was third. It yeah. ran second to showmanship two starts ago when it sat deep on that hot tempo and kept coming. It was just, it was just massive. So, um, yeah, I think we can forgive that run of, of Sir Mambo. And I like the um, – a lot of Martin Allen horses. It's funny, isn't it? Like Night Voyage is another. They just – they go better with the apprentices on mm-hmm. and, and ridden a little bit um, – sometimes a little bit uglier. So yeah, it's, it's, which, is it's, why, which is why Jade rides a lot of winners for yep. um, Martin because she does her best work um, when she sort of rides them a bit dirty, I suppose, you know what I mean, rather than pretty. Pearls and prawns, what are we making of it? Pearls and prawns coming off a 560-day break – its trial was good, wasn't under a huge amount of pressure by the Wizards. So race day pressure, yeah, how will different. she go, different setup. She's a very, a, very talented horse though. We saw a Luthwaite and Pike well back to run. I think Moderator was 35 to 1 with some agencies mm. for a while there yesterday. So we've got to, we've got to respect the first up Luthwaite and the Pike. the Luthwaite-Pike combination mm. has been quite successful over, yeah. the, over the journey. And obviously they uh, will be teaming up with the favourite in Western Rhythm and, uh, on Saturday as well. Yeah. So, um, But yeah, I'm, I'm looking to oppose her. Yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. a uh, $7.70 yeah. in my market, so the 380s definitely a lay. And the one for, for me, a little bit outside of the square, mm-hmm. a touch, is one of your old faithfuls, Skin and Tins. Ah, uh, ST. Not, the 1200 probably not her go, but geez, her last two runs have been monstrous. Yeah. Absolutely monstrous. They so, certainly have been. Um, in form, tough as nails. If she gets any, deserves, old boots. D- deserves a change. Uh, of fortune, she can she can run a big race. I uh, I agree. Yeah. Is flying, but the twelve hundred not yeah. not the go. Um, I, I'm not too excited about this race. I want to take on pearls and prawns. I'm going to take on son of a god at two ninety. Okay. That's about the right price. Um, I'm not when I say taking it on. I'm just not going to be on at that price. Uh, I'll monitor Sir Mambo late. I've marked it. I've marked it about the current quote five fifty six to one. If we can get that out to closer to ten to one from the awkward alley with the big weight, potentially with some strong money, son of a god. I'd have something on, but the one that's come up a bet for me, um, and I believe the intentions will be to follow the first up um, methodology last campaign where they kicked through and led, held out Tawny Pete and won really well. Um, the campaign culminated in a, in a fourth behind Flower of War. Serenity Bay was in that race. Um, a really nice form reference is Machino Miss mm. from Barrier One. Um, I think if Bo, I think Bo's been booked. Bo Banovich has been booked uh, to try and kick <laughs> through um, and lead from Barrier One. We were discussing last week if Bo had ridden a winner, Cramden. She was on Cramden, wasn't yes. she? A few weeks yes. ago. I just, it just came in when I was doing the form for this last night. And I think they were looking to utilise very similar tactics to that. Try and get to the front, rail back at the true question marks on Son of a God, Pearls and Prawns about their last up Son of God and yeah. gap between runs, Pearls and Prawns. And Sir Mambo's going to be out in no man's land. The rest of them are difficult to have. Yeah. Want to be goods out of chances. And the rest of them down are just very, for me, extremely difficult, impossible to have. So some concerns of machine I miss is being able to kick and get to the front, but there's not much pressure. This is a race without – this is a sprint without speed, and we don't see that very often. So, look, for me, machine I miss at that $10, $11 mark each way is where I'm, um, I'm looking for a little speck and will definitely go in my quadrilla. BJ. Yeah, yeah, good thinking there. Yeah, did did boot through, held out Tawny Pete, Tawny Pete at yep. Pinjaro with Pike on that day, I'm pretty sure, Tawny Pete. And yep. um, Christiano Miss, Christy 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 Bennett. Miss yep. and uh, yeah, just had packed too many guns for the big fella that particular day. So yep. yeah, 
that's pretty good mail there from the guru. I, I didn't have Machino misleading, but now that you've you've laid out your to... plans for me, I can see exactly what you're thinking. Horses so. do begin quite well for Bo, actually. Yep. So, um, yeah, she's going to have to... Get it to the top. That's, that's me riding all. She's going to be bold. Yeah, yeah. We, we want to see it step. If it steps and leads, I'd take five to one. In the but run. the problem is I think we're two or three to one to step and lead. So yeah. that's why 10 to one's probably about bang on. I think I'd marked it six to one. So, Okay. I'm, st- I'm sticking with Son of a God, practicing some forgiveness on this week's edition of the 1-1. One, one. <laughs> Terry uh, likes Machine I Miss. We had a discussion about forgiveness during the week, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. About forgiving horses and whatnot. So, yeah. Oh, fuck forgiveness. All right. Uh, <laughs> Race seven, BJ. Mum, um, mum champagne handicap. The mum champagne. We had some mum champagne a, a few weeks ago. My uh, housemate got a started a business, little marketing company. Anyone's looking for any um, <laughs> any bit of a uh, little bit of uh, marketing for your business, give us a hoy and we can point you in the uh, the right direction. But we had a little bit of GH mum to celebrate that. Um, How'd it go down? Not bad, actually. Mm-hmm. Didn't mind it. Yeah, I usually like the the twelve dollar. I can't tell the difference between a twelve and hundred dollar <laughs> bottle. To be honest, so it's a waste of it's a waste of time on me. But um, yeah, no, it went down all right. Okay, the GH Mum handicap, champagne handicap over the sixteen hundred meters so the seventy eight pluses. Well, this is the other sticking point when we're talking about uh, tipping the card, isn't it? This is one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, this, this is the is well. This, actually, they're equal. They're on par. I'd suggest. Yeah, yeah this is six um, and six and seven. Yeah, yeah, six and seven is, uh, is definitely where you're going to get your- Sixes and sevens, yeah, so I was trying yeah. to come up with something there. It just wasn't coming to me. Um, this will separate the boys from the men, I'd yeah. suggest. And um, look, I I love him. I love Lucky Lacta. Rao Ramoli. I do love Rao Ramoli, but um, I tell you what, what are we talking? $3.50 favourite, and we're talking <laughs> – this is a really good horse. Don't don't get me wrong. This is a great horse, but we're talking bar plates on or 53 days from barrier 11 with the um, with the, the claiming apprentice on. I mean, Christ, BJ. What about what about if there's a tweet that comes through on Saturday morning where it's like, oh, by the way, the bar, part, bar plates are absolutely off. Would that, would that change your, your well, thought? It would process? upset me, yeah. and obviously it takes a fair bit to upset me, you know yeah. me. I don't uh, I don't get disgruntled all that easily. Um, but that wouldn't change the fact that I've got it. You've got to take this on. It can win, and good on it. It can win without me. I'll, I'll, I'll cop that. But, um, look, it's it's probably going to have to do it ugly. If he does ride it dead cold, um, we were discussing, Lactar's a very patient jockey, sometimes a bit too patient. Mm. That might not be its strength. But it would be – all I'll say is if Barry gets this up, well done. My uh, my hat will be tipped to, to Barry because uh, it will be one of the, the better training performances. But, um, yeah, I've marked King Blitz about triple the current price. I just simply have to take it on. BJ, how about you? That's why you're the guru, mate. Um, I'm I'm going with King Blitz. Are uh, you? And I acknowledge everything that you say. But <laughs> here's my case. I think that every other horse in this race is on its mark. Mm-hmm. I think that King Blitz is the only up and comer and the only horse that can push beyond this this grade. For me, obviously, Wrinkley flirts with that higher grade and, and competes really well, but that's the sort of horse he is. But... Um, Barry Newnham knows this horse inside and out. Every would, you say, top, would you say he knows what the back of his hand? He does. Mm. Like um, he wouldn't be start. He, he won't be starting this horse if he doesn't think it can win. Um, Peter Edwards uh, gets this horse to win. My man, Lucky Lucky Lacta, he can do the same. King Blitz is a horse that, that enjoys being 
you know, being out wide, being given space, being ridden unconventionally, and Luckdar's your man for the job. Well, so I, I have to hold. I have to pull you up here. Yeah. Enjoys being ridden unconventionally. It's yeah. because they haven't haven't seen it ridden conventionally. Imagine how far he wins by if they ride it conventionally. Yeah. Basically, what you're saying is he's capable of winning being ridden unconventionally. Yeah. Things can go very wrong for King Blitz. It's actually amazing that he gets into a race like this with 53, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, mm. he does, and, that, and that, he's he's won the. He knocked off Tollman over a mile, you know, uh, in controversial circumstances. Well, Peter nearly knocked Mitch off. <laughs> nearly knocked Mitch off Tollman as well while she was at it. Um, that was with sixty two though. Then then that that Diggers Cut win was awesome, awesome. It just like it just it was such a powerful performance, knocking off. Uh, Utgard, uh, uh, rolling Utgard Loki, who, who came out and made the form look pretty good. Subsequently, look, don't get me wrong, has a lot against it. Gate, uh, inexperienced rider. Uh, That's a 50, positive, isn't 50, it? 56, 56 days between runs, bar, the dreaded bar plates. Mm. Uh, but for me, I just can't come at any of the others. I think they're all past their, past their best, and this horse is on the up. So if Barry Newnham has uh, King Blitz uh, on song, I reckon he'll just find a way to win because he's that good. Well, while we're disagreeing on what we're going to select here, mm-hmm. everything you just said is spot on. All these horses are, um, have found their limit. The reason I'm taking King Blitz on, apart from the reason we've said it, mm-hmm. it's, it, takes, it takes a really good training performance to get a horse to win fresh at, at a mile. Yeah. Like, and Barry doesn't have too many other horses. Yes, he does know this horse mm-hmm. inside out, but um, just so much can go wrong even if he doesn't have – even if he does have the horse right. So, look, I'm, I have to. Take it on. I wouldn't be. Um, I wouldn't be who I am if I uh, if I was hopping into this one. If I do lose, though, I do hope it beats me. I really would love to see Lucky ride a uh, a uh, a Saturday win. I don't think he's. I don't think he snared one yet. I'm pretty confident on that. So, mm. um, but I look, BJ. This is a race where I think there's there's potential for. Um, I think I think opinions will be very very varied mm. um, where they come out here. But I'm really keen. I'm going to follow. I said last start. I think I was a, a run early and, and I was with double digit. This really, if the horse is going well, and I believe, I believe, I believe um, <laughs> I can fly, uh, I believe that Double Digit is going well. Um, he's dropped six ratings points, four ratings points this campaign. Um, gets him in 54 and a half, barrier six, should be three pairs back, probably finds the back of a horse like either Rock on Tommy or Son of Bacchus from the gate. Go back to his previous victories, and this is the exact setup, mm. low weight, um, not a real deep 78 or a 72 plus. He's now a, a three-time 72 or 78 plus winner. So this is they aren't fluke victories. Um, McGrady has ridden him twice for a, a game fifth when he uh, raced without cover and he's a horse that needs cover. And the other time was a victory. Um, and as I said, the map looks absolutely bang on. No issue with the last run. Um, just flopped out the gates on a day where they weren't making much ground, never got into the race. There's nothing in the stewards report. If you go mm. back through it, she got chopped out twice in the straight. Mm, I was I only going to finish another length or two closer, but I don't think – I got that wrong probably. There was money. It was 50s to 20s or something. Your after money? That one. Oh, well, some of that was definitely <laughs> more money, yeah. Um, but I, I, just think, I just think that the timing is perfect. Fourth up for for double digit here, and we're going to see fifteen to twenty to one. Like that's yep. an easy, easy each way uh, bet for me. I'm, I have some queries if it's going as well, but I went back through double digits runs before um, its uh, previous victory or the or victory two starts back. And it was when I was quite bullish on it. I wanted to say, okay, why was I so bullish on it this time? What did I see? Mm. And there were runs over eighteen hundred and twenty one hundred where they weren't all that impressive. Yeah, but um, yeah, I know. But they just went back to dead last yeah. and sort of plotted away into it. But it's a very specific horse. It's a one or two back 
getting a nice card into it and it can tough it out for a nice 300 meter sprint and um, it's there, hard to get past late. Isn't there a missing ingredient though? No. You sure? Potentially. What are you talking about? <laughs> Jay McNaught. Yeah, Jay didn't ride it for the Mayley, first two victories. Mailey McNaught. Mailey is still there. Okay, man, me and Ash haven't teamed up for a winner probably. Double it's, digit. Mailey McNaught, double digit recorded. and the guru. Like it's just it's just a perfect mixture. Yeah, it is. It is. And a non-claiming McNaught, I would have loved mm -hmm. to support that. I would have been um, just as happy if, if Jade was on it uh, compared to Sean. There, mm -hmm. there, there isn't any bias from me in that situation. Um, but look, we're missing we're missing one ingredient. But uh, <laughs> look, this just, it all lines Price? up. Uh, I marked double digit favorite. Um, that's not I, in it. my notes. I, said, I knew my market was upside down. I've marked it a six dollar favorite, so uh, it's pretty open the field. I've, I've marked Gangbuster second favorite, so my my market's very. And I knew it. I actually wrote your market's not going to look like the actual market here, Terry. I didn't write my own name in my own notes because that would have been self-indulgent and disturbing. Yeah, um, but look, outside of that, very quickly on the map, Wrinkly leads. If Wrinkly shifts off. And we've got a safe fair scenario, probably ends up outside of it. That means horses like Gangbuster, Touch of Silver, who are drawn two and three, and are going to be a couple back the fence, are going to get those nice little gaps to come up the rail like horses do when they're behind Wrinkley. Rock on Tommy's going really well, lands 1 1. And Gangbuster's last couple of ads in Kalgoorlie were huge. The reason I'm just a little bit cold on Gangbuster is the 20 ratings points it got for winning the Boulder Cup. It's coming to town in a 78 plus rather than a 66 plus. It's an artificial plus. rating. You think? It is an artificial rating, yeah. and those points should get knocked off. In saying that, Peter Fernie's a genius. Brings these to town, and they just keep surprising. I actually really didn't mind Badger Courage uh, mm. a couple of weeks ago. I didn't really say a huge amount. I only ran second, but it was 50 to one. And you can, this is a, this is a very similar setup where Badger Courage was carrying the 62 kegs in Kalgoorlie, not winning, but running nice races. Comes to town with a. A better weight, a nice gate. Mitchell gets to go on board. Like, I just think it can run a race. So, mm. um, push and shapes was huge seven days ago in the Hyperion. Um, it's this is a, a cracking race. Mrs. Brown's boy, we both agree. This, if it drew a gate, it, it's the one. But from barrier 12, I just can't map a win because I've got fair scenario, um, breezing. So, that means I don't know. I just can't map push a win. Push and shapes, I had as an early front runner for my Maddie, but it seems as though it, um, it hasn't quite got to that stage yeah it may do on race day yeah i think this market will be crazy on betfair yeah i think this will be crazy top stuff on betfair yeah um okay so yeah i i was uh i think i was settled i was 350 king blitz um which is probably you have a bit, double digit four bucks or something bit, did you no i did not mm, okay. i was uh i wasn't close to your price double. What, what did you have double what did you have double digit? 16 dollars okay yeah um, you'll, probably, you'll probably trade higher in all fairness. Uh, and I think I think this is a good good race for Wrinkley to to um, lead and and box on uh, as he always does. And he's he's going to look the winner for for um, at some stage of the straight. He um, he just doesn't know how to uh, how to put in a bad one, Wrinkley. And outside of that, I'm, I'm, there's there's quite a few horses outside of King Blitz and Wrinkley that can bob up without surprising. But for me, I just thought that that weight for age performance from Push and Shapes last Saturday was significant. Coming back to a handicap, Chloe has a party's claim. He just looked, looked like he just looked like himself again last Saturday. This looks like a good option for him. I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, run a big race at a, at a price. But for me, Barry, Lucky, King Blitz, get on. All right, double digit for me, BJ, and it's uh, from what I can see, it's getting uh, it's just open somewhere to that twenty dollar, that famous 
$20 quote. So uh, I think I know it'll be coming madness. in. Madness. Yes, there is a little bit of madness about that. It's not often you price something favourite and you can knock it out as your, uh, as your madness. That but is, uh, that in is, all fairness, it shouldn't be favourite. It shouldn't be favourite. I've just, I've just, I think it was one of those ones I just wanted to ensure I was on, basically. <laughs> so anyway, we move on to race eight. BJ, you can analyse his race to your black and blue in the face. You can say Tredenzia are awesome. We'll mm. say that uh, Gates of Babylon's flying at the moment. We'll say that Fuhrer, big win in the northern, what's that one called? The WA Cup? The WA Day Cup, yeah. WA Day Cup, Megazone, found some form. Uh, Bow Count ran a quicker last two than Windstorm. Um, Pro Consent. Golden Eagle winner. Paris and George <laughs> up to a, yeah, Golden Eagle winner. <laughs> Paris and George up to, a, up to a mile, which I've been asking for, but I don't think Sean O'Donnell is the jockey. We well, need a strong, aggressive jockey. I think Sean's a little bit, I don't know, I've just noticed him not, not as passionate um, on the horses at the minute. That might be, uh, that might be, Winter. Incorrect. It might uh, be winter. It could be winter, maybe, yeah. It's a bit cold. Um, that could be an incorrect uh, assumption, but that's just uh, what I've noticed. But there is – I don't I don't care how many are in this. I don't, I don't care. Um, blah, 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 blah. Western Pride is just way better than these. Like Western Pride is just – that was such a soft, soft, soft win. I was – I, had a, I was very bullish. I had a reasonable crack, but I saved here and there. I just felt silly afterwards. Mm. I'd marked it so short and I probably didn't get into it with the passion I needed to, and I hope I'm not over-allowing for that here because I reckon there'll be a fair degree of passion mm-hmm. into this one. But um, again, this isn't exciting. I'm not reinventing the wheel here, but Western Pride is just better than these. There is a stack of speed in this race. Um, it's still, as you said, Bob just puts them through the grades. Second up blues, they don't seem to apply. They only get better second up for the Cerise and White. They just simply don't seem to apply for the Cerise and White runners. It's not something I, I factor in with their, with their runners. It's going to occur occasionally. We'll cop the loss. Fair enough. That's going to happen. That's racing. Look, this should land forward of midfield. There is a stack of speed. I mean, Gates of Babylon will probably get taken on by. How do um, they How do they do it, though? In what sense? Most horses come back a peg second up, don't they? Like, like some, gen- some, generally, some generally, go, yeah. generally yep. speaking, but the, but from a stable and from a particular brand like the Cerise and White. They just, it's it, an upward trajectory. It's, yeah, it's, yep. it's, it's quite – It's it, almost like it's, their, first up runs, their first up runs are trials, but yep. their horses are that that good yep. that the trials – that they get the job done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I don't really need to to say a great deal more to be honest, Peter. This is simply just better than them. And I've marked, even though this is a capacity 16-horse field with some really strong form lines, uh, even no apology, who I didn't mention earlier, yeah. uh, up to the mile has to be a question mark. Wasn't – other people thought the last run was probably slightly better than I did. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it has to be a question mark up to the mile. Um, but I've marked Western Pride sub-even money in a capacity field, BJ. That's how um, I think only bad luck – um, only bad luck uh, sees her beaten here. Uh, so the 250, 260 around the traps is um, easily my best of the day. Uh, not exciting, but it's um, yeah, it's comfortable my best of the day, BJ. Yeah, we're in we're in sync here, mate. Mm. I'd, yeah, Western Pride um, returning from a long layoff, and she just glided across the Belmont turf to a to a pretty soft first up win. Uh, really big late drift. That day too, which was interesting. Um, first up for a year. There was actually, from memory, one of Western Pride's first wins a year ago. There was a big drift as well. So yeah. I don't. This isn't necessarily a. Um, uh, it's not really the only time it's occurred. Some horses just naturally. You, you often speak about Massimo, who we'll talk about in the yeah. last shortly. Is yeah. often a big drifter on um, on the exchange. There's so, something in the profile. That, yeah, yeah, something, and it's it's funny. You go on the other end of the spectrum. So I own. A, very small share in a horse called Escalating. And and we've never been tipped. We've actually been tipped the opposite, basically said this is um, not the quickest horse in the world, you know. It's a it's a battler. And it gets back like it's 
uh, like it's a good thing. Every mm. star, and it's definitely not our money. So yeah, um, there's just something in its profile. It could be the purchase price of that one potentially. Potentially, yeah. So that was money poorly spent. But <laughs> what did you like? Sorry, AJ. No, no, I, I'm I'm with you, mate. Western Pride. This thing just wins. Um, I reckon the the 250 and those that, that that's a just about a pump price for me. Western Pride. That's a what? Sorry. Punt price. Oh, I thought you said pump. <laughs> punt price. That's good. Yeah. I was like, and you're right. Like you, can, you can make cases for X, Y, Z. But if you're talking about the class runner of the race and from the six, uh, which may change, obviously, on race day, it might come in to four or five. From six, it's just going to land in the spot. Like mm -hmm. if you could make, you could try and get a beat if it drew 12, 13, 14, 15 if you wanted to. But it's, it's just going to be, it's just going to be there. Yep. And, um, it's a very, it a very. Soft win. It's it a very a smart win. mare. Uh, pretty boring stuff from the boys here at the one-one, but um, yeah. Western Short Pride. price winners better than a long price loser. Yeah. Bj, as a yeah. uh, a famous man once told me. Yeah, yeah. Just um, looks the bleeding obvious to mm -hmm. me. So she should just win. I'm with you. All right, let's head to the last. The last. Also, also known as uh, also known as the Byron Bay. Oh no, hang on. Sorry, the uh, Get Out Stakes. BJ, and that's S-T-E-A-K-S. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> I did get there. I always have to pause when I get to the A for some reason. Oh, I can't wait for the day. It's all been too um, much for we me. Can't wait for the day where either I've of us spell Chrissy, it wrong. Chrissy Nelson has pinged me a couple of times for um, spelling it incorrectly, and he might be right. Mm, by, to, thir by Thursday morning, I've done that much form. We'll, have to, brings us to jumble, we'll have to check so. the Hawkeye, I reckon. To yeah, the, you <laughs> get Snickometer out. Uh, get out explain, explain to the listeners, BJ. Will do. Get Out Steaks, uh, sponsored by our friends at Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth. Very, very simple Twitter-based competition. So if you'd like to uh, throw your hat in the ring for a gourmet, delicious beef package. Delicious. <laughs> beef package from Market City Meats, simply send us a tweet at the 1-1-Pod, who you think will win race nine at Belmont on Saturday, provide a decimal winning margin, two decimal points preferred. Um, send that through to us before start time on Saturday and uh, you'll be in the running for some of that uh, succulent steak, Terry. Delicious. Yes, uh, always the prize. The prize everybody wants to win in racing. We want to get the quaddy occasionally. We want to uh, we want to own a Caracatta winner, but uh, <laughs> but I didn't mean to bring that up. That was unnecessary, wasn't it? But uh, the get out stakes, the number one prize in WA racing at the moment, pretty much. Um, Sean Nichols. Agreed on. Sean Nichols almost become the Bob Peters of the get out stakes, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, it's funny actually. The last few times I've seen him, he's worn the old pink shirt and the white shorts, and it doesn't make sense now. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's bad colours to wear when you're eating your steak as well because it can. Uh, um, can be a bit oh, yeah. sloppy if you have a bit yeah. too much barbecue sauce. I like a good smoky barbecue sauce on your steak. Um, BJ, I, I'm, I, I feel like this is probably as unexciting as, apart from double digital, I'm pretty keen on at around that $20 mark. This is as unexciting a card as I've ever tipped, but um, it's, it's, it's all we can do is, is go with, uh, with what we have in front of us. I really like hopping to a, into a horse who I've thought has been huge and I've wanted to get involved, but it's never been the right race for me. And this for me is finally the right race to, to get involved with Massimo. Um, I know it's one of your uh, one of your favourites, mm -hmm. and you've uh, you've had a tough and torrid campaign. They, they haven't been bad losses; they've been honourable losses. Um, he's just been a sitting duck a few times, hasn't he? For Luke's Gold, for Black Ducati, for um, I actually didn't chase down Double Bubble yeah. first up on a wet track, but um, yeah, he's just been a little bit of a sitting duck. Look for me. This is the race. This is over twelve hundred. It'd be. Um, well, we've been talking about how we'd love to see him with 
ridden with Asmada or with some cover at least. And They're going to be choiceless here. You think? I would suggest so. I think they'll be happy to let We've Got Dreams um, pop across mm. um, and take up the running. Transgressor can be a quick horse early, fresh. Don't know how quick uh, Transgressor will go fresh, but they're the two. Cramden will boot across, won't it? Three Potentially yeah. missing a few kicks. From okay. 15, they miss a kick, could just be out in no man's land, not part of the race. Yeah, Dia Delarata oh. beat the devil, potential to speed, but I don't think they've got the toe to go with. We've got Dreams, who's super quick early. Um, keeps uh, keeps keeps proving us wrong. We've got Dreams as well. Prim and proper pace? Uh, no, I don't think Prim and proper's got the pace to, to lead this. Um, I don't think it does. No, it's I don't good. think it gets does. It gets in with a nice claim. If she does step nicely, it'll, it'll roll pretty quickly. Yep. But... Um, no, look, I think Massimo will grab the back of We've Got Dreams or something yeah. near enough to it. And I, I think Pai will be pretty desperate as well. Not that he doesn't try his best um, at all times, but I think he'll be pretty desperate to, to get a win on a horse that he's ridden through a, a quite a lot of seconds mm. in a row now. So it's not exciting, but I just think what's going to happen, this, this is a two-horse race for me, Massimo and, and um, Prim and Proper. And um, I just think it's going to come down to a battle of the better ride. And I'm happy to back Pike in every day of the week bj so um i've marked massimo two dollars thirty i've marked prim and proper five bucks mm. um i actually had something on early at the 750 just to save i'm gonna that would be my suggestion if you can just get your money back we don't want to make a profit on prim and proper but um with that weight if, if bow rides at a treat from four which is a chance which is every chance obviously um it's 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 the danger um for me but uh i don't need to go any further we've got dreams is the only other um winning opportunity is the only other winning chance but i'm happy staying out of we've got dreams up in class with two good ones right on its um right on its hammer you gotta look it's beaten cocky joy last start I'm not sure if that form and badger courage i'm not sure if that forms the same level as this so look massimo i think this is the one i really like getting involved in a horse i haven't got involved all campaigns so i don't have any qualms in taking the 260 type thing that's yeah, around don't so, have any battle scars yeah. no no battle scars exactly mm. right so i've got a fresh mind in this sense and um massimo with uh, my money back prim and proper is my play bj okay yep uh, as terry mentioned big fan of big fan over here of uh massimo um seems to seems to planet seem to have aligned for him aligned for him in this race but the thousand mate, I, sorry i did mention the thousand is definitely the concern yeah that's why i'm probably saving and i'm a little bit more tempered um than i otherwise would have been a, a horse standing trip is always a concern but massimo looks a bit of like a utility, like an Adam Hunter type horse. You send forward, send back, went up to 1,400, came back to 12. A win last campaign, it was 12, they, it was they, 12 back they, to 11. Are they searching? Are they scratching? Well, they, they nommed it for a 1,400 as well. Yeah. They got 63 and a half up against um, – was it up against something earlier in the day? Yeah, uh, I saw it. It was in the was it championship race? I think, okay, potentially. I can't remember. It was in. Yeah. I can't, actually can't remember which one it was not for. Yeah. Um. But yes, they are. It's a horse. I think Adam just gets right for the day and sends it to the track, and it's um it tries its darndest. And um, look, there's no black Ducatis, Luke's Golds in this. Um, I'm I'm pretty confident. So you're going Pike in the last. I'm going Pike in the last, yeah. Well, uh, I've gone Pike the majority of the day, I'm pretty <laughs> sure, actually. So apart from when um, McGrady rides race seven, um, rides the winner in the seventh, I'm, um, yeah, I'm going Pike the majority of the rest of the day, I think. Well, I wrote in my leg up, my preview this morning, that I'm going to flip the script, Pontiff in the last. So, oh, really? Yeah, so my, my that's go... A bit, that's a bit cryptic of you, yeah, BJ. My go in the last is cryptic love, mm. um, I um That's been scratched more times than a uh, a dog's rear end, hasn't it, BJ? Has it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's been nommed and withdrawn a few yeah. times. Been in and out. It's a it's a funny one in that sense. Good horse. Yeah. So I mean I just I, I felt as though 
uh, I'd gravitate naturally towards towards Massimo. But I ended up making quite a strong case for Cryptic Love. I like the way that Paul Harvey's uh, clicked into gear over the last week or so. He's looked a lot more, uh, looked a look, lot, lot hungrier in the saddle, I would say. Uh, has a good record when riding this horse. She really runs for him. I think from a low draw, she's going to be back and there's going to be traffic and there's gonna, it's going to be um, tough for her, but she's got some real, she's got a real turn of foot. Um, she's going to have some freshness in her legs. I think if the runs appear, I reckon Cryptic Love will be launching. Uh, probably with the faster splits. Late. Can it give Massimo a three or four length head start in the bend and get him? Potentially, yeah. Potentially. I think so, yep. yep. Um, I, um, yeah, I'll, but in saying that, I think if Massimo came back a peg, he'd let down better. Do you know what I mean? Yep. But, um, but I just think coiled up, cryptic love, if, if, if the gaps appear, Pontiff riding desperately, it could be Pontiff in the last. Crippy Love. I marked her a $10 chance and she's she's above that. So yep. I'm happy to 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 search for a little bit of juice in the final event of the day. She's um, a, uh, she's a love. very nice horse. Yeah. Love I mean, she's get back run on. So, you know, you can fall in love with them and they break your heart um, more often than not. But I think at the price, it's worth worth a go. So yeah, I like that. A little bit of value in the last there. It's good we needed someone to break the trend and, uh, and actually search for a bit of value. So I like that. Cryptic love for BJ and um, and Massimo. Uh, Massimo for me. First time this campaign I'll be uh, getting on board uh, the Massimo train, BJ. Okay. So it's time for our best betting proposition of the day, uh, Terry um, was quite bullish about one earlier. I think we share our sentiments. So yeah, yeah, we're we're both pretty keen Western Pride, aren't we? It's not overly exciting. Let's let's uh, let's expand it, and we'll go with three leg multi on um, on Western Pride, Bright Diamond, and Massimo. Um, I think if we lob those three together, we're getting. Something around the fourteen dollar mark, I think. Um, I'm doing mental maths at the moment. It's basically two fifty to the pair of three. Something around that mark. So look, let's 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 provide a bit of value with the best this week, and I'm going to go a three leg multi BJ, and we're going to lob those three together. Okay, yeah, I'm just I'm just straight up. Yeah, uh, Western Pride. Very good. Just for the win, uh, put in take out. Hopefully, bit of bat uh, on ball though. Yeah, yeah. Maddie's mm. Double digit. That's it's come up twenty favorite. to one. It can't be your Maddie. It's come up twenty to one. That's a absolute no brainer. How, how? And by the way, pushing shapes is now it's over twenty to one. I can just see as well. So you've got a, yeah, you've just been given the uh, the green light for that one if you wanted it. But uh, no, look, double digit, twenty to one. That is that is actually mad. This is uh, crazy. Yeah, this is crazy. I'm not hundred percent convinced it's going as good <laughs> as, as, as it once has been. But I tell I you, I told what, you, there's a missing ingredient. I'm telling nah, you, Terry. There's not. There's not. This is this is the day. Double digit. I'm, I'd be surprised if it's. Um, doesn't salute the judge. Cool. All right, well, that's uh, – so, Maley – I didn't say in first, by the way. I just said salute the judge <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Maley and the guru. Um, pretty lethal combination, that's for sure. Money, Maley. I'm glad to hear that Push and Shapes has pushed out to uh, Maddie territory. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lock him in. I was originally sort of trying to make a mad – Crazy old case for Canvassed, mm. 31 34 $41 in the, um, bet fair, bet fair late be in the uh, Belmont Guineas. But um, uh, mate, that might just be a little bit too mad. So I'm going to deviate, pivot, come back, push and shapes, $21, wait for age back to a handicap. Chloe has a party. Could be mad.
Senses, uh, senses reigned over BJ. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm pretty, pretty confident we've uh, we found a couple of winners there, but we we should have done. Um, seeing as we've tipped a lot of things at a dollar thirty, <laughs> but what are we meant to do? We can't really try and get them beaten, can we? Um, horses to follow, BJ. I've got a, I've got a couple. Do you want me to? You can kick us to off. To kick yeah. off? Yeah. All right. Um, Jackie Peniz's team, uh, small team, is uh, is going really well at the moment. Um, obviously, we're seeing Costa del Santa. That was another huge performance on a day where not much made a great deal of ground. That horse is absolutely humming. It is, and that's actually not the horse I'm going to mention. Mm. Um, it's Firemaker, the stable mate. Um, yeah. thought that run was just um, one of the – coming off the, the break of 40, 50 days, whatever it was, it was just a real, uh, a real uh, grabber of one's eyes. And um, I think <laughs> – and if you go back to previous starts, it was probably a bit stiff as well, but going back a month or two when it ran. So Firemaker probably wins a, a city today. A city? 14, 1600 meter race in the coming couple of weeks, I'd, I'd suspect, as long as I don't run into one of these juggernauts mm-hmm. with the cerise and white colours. Uh, false statement, not many would have missed that. Quickest last two and four for the day when widen and, and laying in horribly in the straight, bow it to, bow it to correct and um, get it still the Still ran the on. best splits of the day. Yes, yeah, I said, like, quickest last two and yeah. four. Yeah, it was. It was quite amazing. So, um, yeah, it's a horse that I, uh, I think is going places. I think. I think it might be time with the horse, so just to to book a, a real top senior. I think it, it might have a couple of tricks, the horse, and not not a stack, but I think it might have a couple of tricks. And I think can you with see a horse it pushing like out over further? Potentially, yeah, yeah. Potentially, um, yeah. I'm always wary about saying that. I think people often confuse horses that run on and get and, back and, run and on, yeah. yeah, get back run on. Oh, that that wants further. That's that's not actually how it works. If they yeah. get back and run on, they might lose that ability to get back and run on if they've had to do more work and travel more distance in the run. So, sure. um, like I was reading. Something about Miss Frost, as we discussed last week, who better at the someone said better at the twelve fourteen hundred, and I said, well, probably not actually. I think the thousand might be right at uh, right at her limit because she loses that strength to mm-hmm. uh, to sprint and finish the races as such. Um, so false statement is one, but again, it's just about finding the right race, um, finding the right track pattern. Um, yeah, it's uh, just got to find the right race. It, it's a very good horse. Uh, the final one is one a little bit left field. Um, I think that a horse called Saturday Sun was racing way out of uh, yeah, yeah. way out of grade. Renee was a bit stiff when whoever rode Articulator, thousand dollar pop Articulator, was desperate to kick up and hold her out. You could always see Renee looking across, going, "Are you serious?" Mm-hmm. There was so much room everywhere. So Renee's tried to restrain the horse. Was never happy. She was on a hiding to nothing from there. It was just by the time she started going forward again. The race was over. It was in no man's land. On the surface, the race looks horrible. Like it actually looks like a really poor performance. But it's one you just you completely forget it went round. You go back to that maiden where it's knocked off. Um, it's knocked off lies and deception. And a couple of other ones which have come out and since one. I think there'd be a nice C one or even a C three for it midweek. Um, probably with the pontiff going back on or, or someone else from from that stable. But um, Saturday Sun is a horse. I think will be winning its uh, second race very shortly. Bj, and that's me. Good. All right, thanks, Guru. Um, uh, my horses to follow, chuck these in your black book, punters. Poverty Point, huge on debut at Pinjara last Thursday, is a half-sister to Mississippi Delta and Elite Bell. Stayer mm. uh, in the making. Yeah, had its first start for Adam Durant, William Pike last Thursday, ran into a bit of strife, come down the outside rail, uh, just failed to catch, was it JD? Is that the it horse? Was JD. Yep. I um, reckon that'll turn out to be the worst form race in the entire world. But in saying that, Poverty Point is a horse that will win a lot of races going Yeah, he just, yeah. just got... There's a couple of Terry Layton roadblocks that got mm. in Pikey's way, which is unusual for the wizard. But anyway, I, I, I don't imagine that the Durant camp will be too perturbed because the way it attacked the line, Poverty Point, looks like it's got a heap of wins up its sleeve. Um, 
Actually, a family member's horse, Smoking Barrel. I thought I reckon he's building towards a win or two this prep. Placed at huge odds at Pinjar last Thursday. Real competitor, this horse. He's going to push up further in trip. And, um, yeah, placed to advantage in those restricted uh, provincial and maybe midweek races. I reckon Smoking Barrel can be a nice little money spinner for the Eric Wake stable. And I just got to give a mention to one of the hardest – horses to pronounce in the state perfirio now uh this horse went around in at its first crack at 2100 meters for Bo banovic edwards um at belmont yesterday and from gate four was three wide no cover chasing the entire basically gave la bionda the winner and celtic diva the second place getters the card up into the race did all the heavy lifting all the bullocking work and for it to whack away and still finished i'm pretty sure it still finished third um was brave brett pope really we've really ridden the brett pope wave mm. haven't we here on the one one um but but he's definitely um i've been on the um the downward wave more than the upward <laughs> wave with brett pope over the journey i think i, I think one day pinjari tipped him to train the oh, car yeah, and I, don't, yeah, I don't think he, any of his horses finished the race <laughs> i don't think he had a place get oh, i mean no he didn't that yeah. was a tough old day for him and danny george and uh yeah uh, i hope you dance uh i do fire sale yeah, i, I tried to forget that day ever existed yeah so perfirio like uh and and stable mate Divine Shadow, both of them almost similarly. Three mm -hmm. wide, no cover, staying trips and still somehow managed to run third. Remarkable stuff from Brett Pope. He'll be looking to pull off a remarkable training performance with Captain Kink of the Belmont Guineas, 1,200 to a mile in a week. So he's um, he's doing some good things. So, But Perfirio, follow. He's going to win a stack of races. Very good. Top-notch trialers. Mm. Down now, the back straight this week. Down the back straight at Lark Hill. Mm -hmm. It's a shame we didn't have the – camera angle that we've had in recent times where we've gone down the back straight yeah it was the same camera angle as we would normally get from the standard barrier trials but regardless we uh, i'm sure there was some top-notch performance uh, amongst the uh, the session did you have a couple of horses trialing terry we did we yeah. did we had uh out of the fry with the piercers who we were we were pretty impressed with that he's not a horse that's um two three odd what's out of the front uh two-year-old yeah. we're not expecting a black fries too we're not expecting um him to get to the track this time in but he will trial again monday week really found the line nicely so we're quite happy with him and they, they were very uh very happy with the trial of another one with adam durant called material witness um what can you tell us about material witness i can't tell you a great deal to be honest at this stage <laughs> do, you know what, uh, do you know what sex, do you know what sex is <laughs> yeah that one's a, that one's a bloke that one so um we're currently in the process of uh, i actually thought it was a anyway we're currently in the process of um uh, of naming another one we're having some great difficulties in naming one we have with luke fernie at the moment but um that's unrelated. But, uh, no, we were very happy with Material Witnesses trial and um, that's one with Mario and the lads. Um, mm. I think quite a few of the lads are involved in that one. So, um, Back yeah. yourself. Back yourself. Exactly right. There's uh, there, there's good word coming out of the camp, so we'll make sure the listeners of the 1-1 one, one are the first to get the uh, the good oil if we're uh, confident on a debut plunge, BJ. Okay. All right. So a bit of uh, a bit of early mail. Bit of early no, I wouldn't call it early mail. Early no, mail? Let's, let's not call it early mail. No? no, no. Let's not call it early mail. Let's oh. just call it uh, early early hope. Only <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of James. A little yeah. bit of James hope. Yeah. Okay. A little bit of hope. All right. So for me, um, just have to give myself a bit of a pat on the back, Terry. <laughs> You did this about half an hour ago, by the way, and then you were dirty yourself for not backing it. Yeah. Explain it. Or do you want me to explain it to the listeners? 
Oh no, that's all right. I'll just I'll just say your that your reaction was good at least. Yeah. That was, I, should, I wish I uh, recorded that to <laughs> so, um, podcast. Yeah, on one of our earlier editions of the one one, I uh, I flagged roses already as a top notch trial. I ran ninth in that trial, and uh, I thought I might have been jumping at shadows, um, but yeah, it um, it won the first at Northern mm. today. Ten ten dollars knocking off the odds on Durant Pop. So did, we're you, have still, did you have something on? Uh, negative. Not, uh. not a, not a <laughs> oh, Jats cracker, as my dad would say. Um, but uh, yeah, we are we are still finding a few. If you've made it this deep into the podcast, so uh, the top notch trailers and the horses to follow are still churning out the winners. Mm. But for me, um, uh, another there's there's the, all three of these horses I've spoken about on previous editions of the one one. They are a unraced horse by the name of Blacksall Rose from the Adam Durant camp. Uh, went around in its first trial for its preparation. Heat 17 at Larkhill on Monday. Keep, uh, William Pike in the saddle. Keep an eye out for Blacksville Rose when it steps out. I think the Pierces have found one here. This horse is called uh, Acromantula, um, two-year-old. Uh, I think it's unbeaten at trials now. One again, um, one heat 14 of the day. I always feel a bit funny seeing a few of these uh, Pierce ones go around because I, I sort of picked and choose which ones I want to be involved in. This time in, I think this was one that I um, – I think Dan might have even – I think this is the one. I think he might have sort of given me a little bit of push to get him and I didn't get involved in it. I think this might be the one, so I don't want to go back yeah, through that is, old correspondence. This is a two-year-old um, cult by Written Tycoon out of For Your Eyes Only. Mm. He was a very, very good race mare for Paul, Paul Jordan, Jordan yep. um, in the Harvey Crossman Lima Syndicate colours. So Acromantula, this horse goes good. It's got a real good engine. But the good horse name I'm, too. Yeah, the horse I'm most excited for is um, – Giant Leap, mm. Cerise and White. Um, Comes out of that hot maiden. Yeah, Team Williams, three-year-old. I think whenever Giant Leap heads to the track, although I think I said this the last time I was talking about Giant Leap, but whenever Giant Leap steps out, when it heads well, to the races, it will be winning. Got beaten by Cliffs of Comfort sure last did. time out. Carry yep. Journey Aurora was in fourth. So, mm. so Giant Leap, put those horses uh, in your black book. Blacksall Rose, Acromantula and Giant Leap, Terry. One small step for mankind, one giant leap for the 1-1 one, one podcast. That's right. Get on. <laughs> All right. Well, um, whatever happened to BJ? Do we have any this week? Whatever happened to? No, nothing off the top of my head, although I was chatting to – Paddy Carberry during the week uh, about um, one of our very favourite horses here at the podcast, Cup Night, mm. even though he's not really or whatever happened to, but just a quick update to let everyone know that he'll be trialling within the next two weeks. Very good. And we'll be looking at races like the Bolton and perhaps the Idyllic, uh, Idyllic uh, Prince yep. Stakes yep. or Sprint. Now he'll be having a two or three start prep before a break and getting aimed at the 2020 Group 1 Railway Stakes yeah, in good. November. Perfect so he's a very exciting horse, Cup Night. Um, and other than that, you asked about Long Beach. Mm -hmm. um, on last week's podcast, it trialled at Lark Hill on Monday and trialled nicely. Um, obviously, it's going to – another Cerise and White horse that looks like it's going to um, – Fill, fill its boots this prep as well. It's got a few wins it's in got store. A, yeah, I was going to say he can come through the 60 plus, 66 plus, and, yeah, they can just progress and, uh, yeah, give us a few more dollar sixty pops to talk about for the listeners. Yeah, and per Pearl, yeah, that's right. And Pearls and Prawns was a previous whatever happened to. She races at um, first up at Belmont on Saturday, but there was a horse who knocked off Pearls and Prawns one day by the, horse, by the name of um, Necklet, who was a pretty smart Fred oh, Kersley yeah. horse. Yep. I imagine she's got been retired and gone to start. I'm just going to – 
check up on what uh, what the connections, what stallion they chose for Necklet. She was quite a bre- well-bred Sitzel mare, I believe. So I'll chuck that up on the 1-1 Twitter feed to let everyone know what, uh, what Necklet is up to in retirement. Very good. All right, BJ. Well, I think that brings us to the end of episode 30, the 1-1 pod, the big 3-0. It's about your age, isn't it? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for those that have stuck with us. For those that have just listened to the um, the preview, it's a bit piss weak, but uh, we'll forgive you. I understand that we don't all have nine hours to um, to to find from Thursday morning, uh, from Thursday night, I should say, till Saturday morning. Um, thoroughly, thoroughly looking forward to to seeing a lot of the shorties go around on Saturday, BJ. We're not really, um, unfortunately, we couldn't tip anything. Multi up, uh, multi up. It <laughs> might be a day to multi up, might not. Unfortunately, it was nothing of. Uh, um, real great value to dissect this week. But um, as I mentioned earlier, a, uh, a short price winner is better than a long price loser. So let's hope that we can get a few of them up. And um, I, uh, I look forward to speaking to you all again next week on the 1-1. One, one.